Well, today, my lovely wife of over 13 years, will be 14 years in December, is joining me as we're going to talk about marriage and parenting baggage. And Tiffany is my best friend and the love of my life and the mother of our four kids. And uh, I'm excited. The next several weeks, we're going to be talking about relationships. Next week's going to be really critical. I'm going to be talking about relationship baggage, not just in marriage, but how we carry relational baggage that hinders us from being what God wants us to be. This is going to be critical for your workplace, for your home, for your life. I'm excited to share that with you next week. But today, marriage and parenting baggage, and we realize that we are overcomers, the Bible says in Revelations, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So we just trust today as Tiffany and I open up our life and share our testimony and our journey through marriage and parenting that you will be blessed and encouraged and strengthened today. Well, we're going to answer six questions is what we're going to try to get to today. Question number one is, what baggage did you bring into marriage? How did the baggage affect your marriage in the early years? And how did you overcome the baggage you brought into marriage? And Tiffany will tell you all of her baggage right now. (laughs) Yes, yes, I'll indulge you. Um, Well, I grew up in a pastor's home. And I had great parents. Um, But early on in my childhood, I started to develop this idea that I needed to be perfect and that I needed to fit this idea and expectation that people had for me as a pastor's kid. And so because of this, um, I would just keep things to myself. Um, There was a time, I remember in high school, when my parents were going through some challenging times in the ministry. And I remember struggling with some things, but feeling like I still had to be perfect. And so I felt like I couldn't go to them and talk to them about what I was feeling. Um, And so I kept it to myself, and it became this huge burden and baggage in my life. Um, And it was all driven out of this idea that I needed to be a certain way. And so then when I married Herbert, of course, I brought that baggage into our marriage, not thinking I would, but it just naturally happens. And so now, instead of trying to be this perfect pastor's kid or perfect daughter, now I was trying to fulfill this idea I had of what a perfect wife was, what his dream wife would be like. Um, And this was very unhealthy for our marriage, um, and mostly because it caused me to um, not be honest in my true thoughts. Um, It caused me to hold back from really saying what I was feeling. Um, It also created insecurity in my life and my marriage because I felt like if I disappointed Herbert or if I hurt him by something that I would say, um, then I would no longer be perfect and he would love me less. And that's just how twisted and messed up my thinking was becoming. Um, And so it was very unhealthy for our marriage. Um, And it really, the turning point came when I realized that this was just not headed in a good direction. Um, It was not productive for our relationship. It was um, creating kind of a wall in our relationship. And so I just, I got honest with myself and I just turned to the Lord and I said, Lord, I need some help here. And, you know, God is so faithful. He gives us the information we need when we need it. And he just um, was faithful to heal me and realize where this started, why these thoughts started coming into my life, and how it was playing out in my marriage. And it has been an incredible journey with the Lord and him healing me from this baggage of perfectionism. Yeah, I, I came into our marriage, and really, I was, I was just pretty perfect. And so... Um, uh, Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I brought a lot of baggage into 
our marriage. And so I could talk about a lot of things, but, but the biggest thing that I brought into our marriage was a lack of, of trust. Uh, because of some things happened to me growing up, uh, some things I encountered and faced in my growing up years, um, even things that my parents are not aware of uh, that just created this mistrust in my heart of, with, for people. And how many know oftentimes you go into marriage and you don't even know all the baggage you got until you get married? You know what I mean? Marriage can bring the best out of you, but can also bring the worst out of you and bring out the ugly stuff that you didn't know that was in your life. And that was the case for me. And I had a hard time trusting Tiffany because of things that had happened growing up. And it played out where I just didn't really trust her motives all the time. I really thought, I went into marriage thinking, I mean, does she have my best interest in mind? Because I've encountered other situations where I was manipulated or taken advantage of. Uh, does she have my best, does she have my back? And I really, what happened for me was I had a wall up. And probably the first two years or so of our marriage, I just wouldn't completely give myself to Tiffany. I just wouldn't be honest and raw. Uh, I had a wall up keeping her out some. And I'm grateful for a great wife who continued to love me, uh, care for me through, through, the, through that season. And the Lord working in my heart uh, that I could begin to open up and really trust Tiffany. And today, I mean, I have this trust and I tell Tiffany everything. But because of the baggage I brought in, it was a process for me to really begin to trust her. And it's been healing for me. It's been therapeutic because it's flowed out to other relationships. Because really, even in other relationships with friends and uh, co-workers that I just didn't have the ability to trust like I should. And because of what God's done, I'm able to trust uh, people a whole lot more and have complete trust in my wife. So that was kind of one of the bags that I brought in uh, to marriage. Uh, a second question is, what does a fight look like in the Cooper house? And how do you resolve conflict with each other? Uh, I'll begin this one. L let me begin by saying how we don't fight. We don't get a knife and chase one another around the house. Uh, I want to minister to some people right now, all right? Uh, we, don't, we, we don't pull out a gun and threaten one another with violence. Um, we've, we've never pushed or slapped. I mean, being physical has never been a part of our marriage relationship. Uh, we, we've never name called. I've never called Tiffany an idiot or you're stupid or you're dumb. She, she's never used those verbal missiles with me. Uh, and, and really throughout our marriage, we've, we've really never, uh, screamed and yelled at one another. Now, now Tiffany used to think when we first got married that I was screaming at her. You know, she used to think I was yelling at her, but, but let me tell you, I grew up in a home with some yelling, and I was not yelling at Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, well, but I, you know, I grew up in the opposite home, so I grew up in a home where I never heard my parents disagree, and I know that they had disagreements, but I was never, you know, aware of it. And so I just remember, you know, Herbert, he's a very passionate, intense person, and he is a con confronter. So if something's going on, he wants to get to the bottom of it, and we're going to deal with the issue, and we're going to work it out. And that just was kind of foreign to me. And so I just remember those first years of marriage, and he would be talking to me and I would just start crying and I'm like, you're yelling at me. <laughs> and he's like, I am not yet. You want to see yelling? I'm not yelling at you. We're just talking. And, um, and of course I still had all this baggage that I was carrying, you know, so then I would like just cry and not even say what I was really thinking because then I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And, oh, it was just for a year or two. It was kind of a mess, but we, we eventually got to the place where we could have a constructive conversation and deal with an issue without me just breaking down in hysteric cries, so. How many of you are like me? You grew up in a home with, with yelling. 
You know what I'm talking about. How are you know I'm going to kill you? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm like, baby, I'm not yelling. I'm telling you, I've seen yelling, and this ain't it, baby. This is not yelling. And, and the way we resolve conflict, every marriage has conflict. Every marriage has difficult times. And for us, the way that we resolve conflict, we, de- we deal with the elephant in the room. One of the things I feel like that happens in so many marriages is that there's an elephant in the room. There's a huge issue, and they just avoid it. We're not going to talk about it, whether it's with finances, whether it's in our romantic life, whether it's with the kids, whether it's with money. We're just going to play like there's no issue. And one of the things that we've been able to do is deal with the elephants in the room, deal with our difficulties, deal with our pro- and talk about it and communicate with one another. We have our issues. We have our difficult moments, but we do talk about them. And we really do work on living by the scripture of don't let the sun go down while you're angry. And we, there's been times we've been up two or three o'clock in the morning talking, working out issues, crying, apologizing. There, there's been times when we've had heated moments, really in pastor's homes, they're called intense moments of fellowship. And so when we have our intense moments of fellowship every once in a while, Tiffany will go to the bathroom and I'll go to the living room and watch ESPN. And, uh, but then we'll come back together and we'll work it out and we'll talk it through. And so we deal with the elephant in the room. A conflict is a part of marriage, but the issue is will you talk about it and resolve it. And we've always tried uh, to do that with one another. A third question is, since money is the number one topic couples argue and divorce over, how do you work out money problems? I'll, I'll begin this with, um, first of all, I've always been transparent with you, let you know we're not perfect. Uh, we began our marriage with money problems and money tension. Uh, I brought in student loan debt to our marriage. Tiffany brought in student loan debt into our marriage. I've shared with you about how uh, her dad uh, bought her uh, a car when we were engaged uh, and that car had debt with it. And so when we got married, now that was our debt together. Father-in-law, I appreciate you. If you're watching, you know I love you. But uh, so we had car debt uh, coming into the marriage. And then, I, I, you know, I wanted, you know, it's your honeymoon. So I wanted to impress my wife. And so I bought us a cruise to the Bahamas on credit. Thank you, Jesus. And then, um, and then uh, we, um, we got to uh, Missouri as a married couple living in an apartment and we had no furniture except for the furniture her parents gave us, bedroom set, and, uh, but we had no living room furniture at all. And, you know, as a man, I'm thinking, I can't have my woman sitting on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Watching TV on the floor. And so I said, well, let's go to the store and buy some furniture. And so we went to Hank's Fine Furniture and told Tiffany to pick out a, a, a living room set. She picked it out, and we paid for it with credit. And um, I'll never forget getting the credit card statement in the mail at the end of the month and looking at thousands of dollars that we owed. And something hit me, said, we cannot continue to live like this. We're just getting started in marriage. We cannot continue down this path. And we got really serious about dealing with the financial problems that we got ourselves into. Yeah. Um, it was at that point, um, as Herbert said, we got serious. And so we just sat down and we started talking and we said, how much money are we bringing in and how much money is going out with expenses? And we just set a serious, like, game plan with our budget and our finances. And then also we were equally as serious about getting out of debt. So we were doing whatever we could to get rid of that debt. Um, And in doing that, it caused us to live way, way below our means. I mean, we were living with as much minimal expense as possible. And I still remember we ate noodles so many nights. And I remember Herbert telling me, baby, enough with the noodles. Like (laughs) I've had enough noodles. Um, 
And I remember um, at that time I was a college student and working part-time, and I needed a pair of black slacks for my job. And I remember um, just going to some stores, and I found a pair for $10. And I remember telling Herbert, it's just so painful. They're $10. And he's like, baby, just buy them. You have to have them. Buy them. They're $10. But we were just that serious. We were that committed to get out of debt and to live on a budget. And... Um, one of the things that I would encourage you about, I think the thing that was so great for us is that we did it as a couple, as um, it was a team effort together. And we, um, you know, it sounds like it was this huge sacrifice, and it was, but at the same time, it was so rewarding, and I'm so thankful that we did it early on. Um, I just really appreciate those years. The follow-up on that question is, yeah. what advice would you give to couples having financial tension? And as Tiffany said, is we did it together. And I see this a lot, you know, as, as pastor of this church and interacting with, with, with a lot of you, is a lot of times couples come into marriage and thinking about money of, this is my money, this is my money, I'm going to do what I want, you do what you want, and they never get on the same page. And, and the thing that we did is, is get on the same page. I think that's so key as a married couple, get on the same page financially. Oftentimes, a spender marries a saver. One wants to spend, spend, spend. One wants to save, save, save. But you got to come together and get a financial plan. Otherwise, you're going to live with tension all of your marriage. You got to talk it out and get a plan uh, to, 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 to save, to invest, uh, to get out of debt and do it together. And you know, here's one of the things that, that's challenging is it it's, 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 can be difficult to get a budget, but, but a lot of people can get a budget. You know, the difficult part is living by your budget. Mm-hmm. It's being disciplined to stick to the budget. So many of us are short-term thinkers instead of long-term thinkers. We want short-term pleasure. You know, I want it now. I want the car now. I want the house now. And we don't think long-term. And so we play now and we pay later. And I would say don't play now. Pay now so you can play later. And so, but you have to do it together as a couple. Deal with the elephant in the room. Some of you have tension in your marriage over money. Go talk about it. Work it out and get on the same page. Uh, the fourth question is, what different views and baggage did you bring into marriage about parenting? Um, well, I probably brought, brought the most baggage into our marriage uh, when it comes to the subject of parenting. Uh, I grew up in a home where uh, we were not just spanked, uh, we were whooped. Anybody, you know what I'm saying? Anybody know the difference? You know what I'm saying? We were whooped. Uh, sometimes it was on the verge of beating, amen. It wasn't, it wasn't quite, but it was on the verge of beating. And uh, you know what I mean? I grew up in a home where they throw the, throw the brush at you, boy, what are you doing? You know what I mean? I grew up in a home where they said, you're going to get a whooping, pull your pants down around your ankles, pull your pants. Pull your, yeah, that's right, pull your pants down around your ankles and get a belt, lay across the bed, boy, and whoop you, you know. And my parents, when they whoop, they talked and whoop. I told you not to do that ever. Uh. Are you going to have a sentence or a paragraph? You know what I'm saying? Because I can't take much more of that. And so that, that's, that's how I grew up. And so I, I'm bringing this into my, into my marriage and parenting, and I'm grateful for my parents. I honor my parents, but I do think my parents went to the extreme when it came to, to discipline. And so I have a tendency to, to lean and be harsh with my kids. Now, I've never done that to my kids, but I have a tendency to be more harsh. Instead of dis- disciplining my kids out of love or spanking out of love, 
if I'm not careful, I can do it because I'm upset and because I'm mad because that's how I was treated when I was a kid. So I have to really work on that. Like, for instance, this morning we were getting ready uh, for church, and usually <laughs> I'm by myself getting ready in the bathroom because the family's going to come to church later. I have to get here early for all four services. But, t- of course, Tiffany's joining me today, so we're in the bathroom getting ready. And uh, I hear this scream in the living room, or in the, it was in the dining room area. <laughs> I'm thinking... What is wrong? I'm trying to get ready for church. What? I'm going to go hurt somebody. I'm trying to go do the Lord's work. What are y'all doing in there? So I walk out in the dining room. Tiffany's holding Karis, and she's screaming like a mad woman. I'm going, what's wrong? What's, the, what's going on? And are, they took my puzzle piece. And I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> I'm trying to get to church. Oh, my goodness. And I had to gather myself. Because I want to say, pull your pants down around your ankles. Somebody's going to get it. But I have to calm down that I discipline my kids out of love and not because I'm upset and angry the way that I came up. And so that's, that's the baggage that I've had to overcome as, as a parent. Um, the, the second part of that question is, uh, what are some keys to raising godly kids? Yeah, I would say for us, um, the key is that we are committed to living our life for the Lord. And that um, goes for us as parents and for our children. And, um, you know, whether our kids see us at church or at home or whether we're at the grocery store, wherever we are, we are the same people. And our kids see that. Um, You know, when you see Herbert up here ministering on the weekends... That's who he is. That's the same person that we see coming home through the doors every day of the week. And so our kids see that consistency, that this is the real deal, um, that our commitment to the Lord, it's not just something that we do when we walk through the doors of church and then turn it off when we go home. For us, it's like eating and breathing. It's just who we are. We are here to live and serve the Lord, and, and we instill that in our kids. And, you know, our kids see us read our Bible at home throughout the week. They see us worshiping the Lord. We do that together. We pray for them at night before they go to bed. And, you know, often during the day, if they have things they want us to pray with them about or, you know, things that concern them. Um, and so for our kids, I think the key for us is that it is the real deal for them. They see that this is truly mommy and daddy's passion, and we're raising them in that to have their own relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I think it's so key what Tiffany said is that we live it. Can I tell you, your kids will be all messed up if you come to church, lift a hand on Sunday, and talk about how good God is, and then go home Monday through Saturday and live a total different lifestyle. And so I think living it, living for Jesus, and de- developing in your kids a passion and a love for the house of God. Our kids love church, and we're the pastors, and there's difficulties, and there's struggles, and there's stress that comes with our position, but our kids don't sense that. Our kids love to come to church. Can I tell you, one of the worst things you could do for your kids is make them resent the house of God. I'll tell you the preacher, and I, you know, no, you know, let your kids love the house of God. Let them love church, the things of God, and so that's something that we, we really instill in our kids. I think quality time. We spend a lot of time with our kids. Um, Friday's my day off, and it's our family day. When the kids are out of school, we, we go out to eat or hang out or go to the park, but we spend quality time as a family, usually three or four or five times a week. We eat dinner around the table, and that's a consistent thing we do in our home, and we just sit as a family. We talk and we eat. We share life. We share what's going on. So it's, it's important to raise godly kids that you, you live the life and you invest in your kids with time and invest Jesus into them. Well, this fifth question is the one that I really want Tiffany to answer. It's because today's culture gives such distorted views about sex and marriage. 
What are some insights that you can share about having a great romantic life? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that was quite the way you said that. Um, you know, I think that for most of us in this room today, we know that sex is just saturated in our society. And, you know, you go to movies or watch television shows, you know, even our music and um, just publications. Um, it's promoting this ideal image of what beauty is and what um, sex should be. And the reality is, is that is unrealistic and it's false. It's not true. Um, it's creating this um, huge pressure that really shouldn't be there because these um, industries have all this time to produce these perfect scenarios and these perfect images. And, you know, the women have the makeup artists and the designers. And it's just, it's this whole world that's really not reality and it's just creating this um, pressure in your relationship your sexual relationship with your spouse and you know God he gave us this amazing gift of sex um, for one woman and one man in marriage and it's an amazing gift and it's biblical and I just would encourage you as couples to just those images or those ideas that you've created I just encourage you to leave those outside of your bedroom don't bring Hollywood into your bedroom you know your marriage is between you and your spouse and it's a great gift from God and you need to create your own story you don't need to live out the story Hollywood's created you need to make and create your own story together. Amen. And I would just echo what Tiffany's saying. The Bible says in Genesis 2 and verse 25 that the man and the woman, they were in the garden and they were naked and they felt no shame. And I would just encourage you, ladies, get naked. Amen. So when, you're, when your husband is having a good day, get naked. When he's upset, get naked. When times are difficult, get naked. And feel no shame. I'm just quoting the Bible to you today. That's all. That's all I'm doing is giving you the word of God. Amen. Receive it today. No, but to echo what Tiffany said is I, I totally agree. Leave Hollywood out. Leave Hollywood out your house. Leave Hollywood out your bedroom. And can I tell you, for a lot of married couples, this is tension. It's tension. It's the elephant in the room. You got to talk about sex. This great gift that God has given between man and woman and holy matrimony. Talk about it. My wife and I, we talk about the gift of sex, the gift of lovemaking. And so you have to talk about this. You have to communicate about it and leave Hollywood out of your home. Okay, Tiff, we have to wrap up quickly. Question okay. six, because marriage is difficult and a lot of hard work, what are some keys for you to maintain a healthy and strong marriage? Yes. Well, marriage is definitely hard work. And, you know, for some reason, I think um, a lot of people get this idea in their mind that, you know, if, if you really are supposed to be with this person and if this is really um, the real deal, if this is really love, then it should just be easy, that it should just come naturally. And that's very false. I mean, you know, you think about all of the things that you want to do well in your life, whether it's your um, job, your occupation, investing in your friendships, you give your best to make that a success. But so many times we don't do that in our marriage relationships. And so my encouragement to couples today is just that you put as much of yourself, your time, your energy, you know, you put that into your marriage to make it great, just like you would anything else in your life. Totally. And we don't have a perfect marriage. We have our struggles and difficulties, but we really do have a great marriage. Uh, what you see is authentic. We, we love each other. We have a great marriage. But can I tell you, it takes a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. Uh, can I tell you the one thing that we all have to do to have a great marriage is you have to die to self. Mm -hmm. I'm selfish just like you are. 
But Tiffany and I try to never make decisions just based on what's good for her or what's good for me, but what's good for us and what's good for our family. And if you go into marriage or you're in a marriage relationship and it's all about you and what you want, me, 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 that marriage is headed for chaotic times because marriage is difficult and it's a lot of work. But can I tell you, it's worth the investment. It's worth the time. It's worth the energy to make a great marriage. It is work, but it's worth it.